Hello, everybody that has a phone or a computer or a radio or just likes to listen to podcasts. Yeah, and for some reason you chose to listen to us, but we appreciate you. Yeah, we don't know why, but we're real happy about it. So thanks. Yeah. Um, this is episode 26. Um, you had a... We're in September. September 1st is when this comes out, this episode. Ew. That's weird. But I'm also, again, really just kind of happy about it. I do love fall. Fall is nice. And it's been hot. It's finally starting to cool down, which is nice. Yeah, I guess. I You don't like the cold, I know. I don't like cold weather, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. We're getting there. That means Braylee's birthday is coming up. She's going to be six. I know. And then two weeks after that is Lily's, and she's going to be two. Yeah, and then we have all the holidays. So pretty much from this point forward, our lives just get more expensive. Plus, I'm still planning on moving into an apartment within the next few weeks. Yeah. Life sucks. Don't become an adult. It's not fun. Yeah, adulting's hard. (laughs) Very hard. Very, very hard. Okay, so I have that random thing. Okay. So earlier we were watching this movie, and they said something about... Richard Nixon killing and eating a panda or something. Something So my husband was like, what the hell? Is that true? So I looked it up and no, he did not do that. However, um, when he was president, the United States was given two giant pandas as a gift from the Chinese government. Hmm. And when that happened, that's when it came out that he was kind of, like, obsessed with panda sex, and he literally would, like, hire reporters to go watch the pandas have sex. Wait, what? So he got a boy panda and a girl panda, and then he, like, made panda porn. Yeah, basically. <laughs> what? It's There's so many articles about it, too. Like, what? I was like, oh, um, okay, okay so, so he didn't eat them, but it's equally as... Uncomfortable. So it's kind of like in that episode of Friends where Monica and Chandler are married and Chandler's sitting there watching porn and Monica walks in. So he like changed the channel real quick, but he like still had his hand in his pants. But so it's like Shark Week or something that's on the TV. And so then Monica thinks sharks like turn him on and is like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) But the fact that this is real just... When, wow. he, when I read that, I was like, uh, no, we're talking about that because that's so weird. <laughs> what the hell, man? Panda so, yeah. porn. There's your like random it. facts for the day, guys. Holy bejesus. Okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, I guess. Um, so I have two different stories this week. I... It originally started out as two different cryptids, but the more I got to researching this other one, it was less cryptid and more haunted house, but okay. equally as great. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with my cryptid. Um, it is called the Groot Slang. The Groot? Groot Slang. Groot Slang. Yes. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I thought I was going to like it because of what it looks like. I don't like it. Well, I hear Groot, and I just assume you're talking about Groot. The little, yeah, the little tree dude. I've never, <laughs> I've never watched those movies, so oh that God. I don't know. Me too. But, yeah. 
I know. I really do. I'm... Because, like, M would kill me because I... <laughs> I really don't watch any of the Marvel movies. Like oh, I've God. watched I Iron Marvel. Man. I've watched like the first four, but like I love the Marvel movies. I need to. I'm. I know. I'm a horrible person. Um. So the Groot slang is a legendary cryptid that is reported to dwell in deep caves in Richardsville, South Africa. Okay. So the tale states that the gods, um, who they were brand new to this whole creating thing. Okay. So, they made a really, really bad mistake. Um, and they were like, oh. Yeah. So, they gave it tremendous strength, cunning, and intellect. Um, when man was nothing more than a prim- primordial ooze. Primordial? Primordial ooze. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Some sort of ooze, which I don't like. It's- so. Science. Science, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting to be formed, um, the gods created a massive, powerful serpent larger than an elephant and smarter than any man. What? (laughs) Just wait. Wait, it's a snake? Kinda. Okay. Half. Oh. The other half is what I thought I would like. (laughs) So... The gods were new to the art of creating life, and they didn't yet understand the dangers of making something as powerful as this great snake that could coil its body around any creature and crush the life out of it in seconds. Realizing their mistake, the gods split the group slaying into two separate creatures and thus created the first snakes and the first elephants. Wait, it has the head of an elephant and the body of a snake. Oh, I like here, I'll pull up the what? picture. I don't I like it. I hate it already, yes. and I haven't even seen a picture of it yet. Like, okay, yeah. so, wait, so, it's all snake with literally just an elephant's head, so, like, it has random big ears and then a trunk? Most of the pictures, yes. Like, literally just, like, this big, creepy elephant head. That one's different. Okay, so, but, but its like, mouth what? is still snake-like, though. But, yeah, so, like, even when you look at these, it's literally just, like, the head of an elephant with the body of a snake. Like, so, I mean, there are a lot of different types of pictures, but overall, it looks like it's just a snake with the head of an elephant, but when it opens its mouth, it still has, like, the fangs and the long... The tongue. The, the tongue. The tongue. The tongue. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's it's not okay. Guys, elephants are my favorite creatures, so I saw this elephant head, and I was like, ooh, what's that? And, and then I saw that, and I... It's... And then she was like, oh... Yeah, but I hate snakes, so there's that. Um, so, where was I? Um, so, the first one, um, so the first original Groot slang ended up escaping, and so that was when all the other ones were born. Um, so how does it reproduce? If they only made the one, how no did it come back as babies? No idea. I mean, snakes lay eggs, right? Right, but do you, don't they need the other gendered snake to help? <laughs> I don't know. I've never looked up how snakes reproduce, I guess. Well, I'm pretty sure they're not just... Anyway. I mean, do birds need... Yes? I don't fucking know. Anyways, irrelevant, I guess. Um, so... It's said that they devour elephants by luring them into caves, which I hate that. 
Leave them alone. Wait, repeat it. It is said that they devour elephants by luring them into a cave. So they're like almost cannibalistic, but not. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. So (laughs) this made me giggle. So this cave where they live is called the Wonder Hole. (laughs) Of course it is. Or the Bottomless Pit. So it sounds like we named it. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It supposedly connects to the sea, which is about 40 miles away. And legends say that the cave is filled with diamonds. Um, The Groot slang is... I saw a lot of... um, Articles and stuff that said that they were, like, obsessed with diamonds and stuff and would hoard them, and that's why they lived in such cave and so whatnot. So they like shiny things. Yeah. Um, the Groot slang is also said to live in warm water, rivers, and lakes, which I really don't like that. Like, don't be in the water, too. Um, it looks like an elephant. Oh God, I would not enjoy that. I'd prefer oh, it be no. in a cave. For real. Yeah, no, not water. No, no, no. Um, so it Can looks like that? Ugh. Ugh, yeah. it looks like an elephant with four tusks, horns, and a spiked tail. Its color appears to be green in the legend. It's similar to a large serpent. The creature is supposedly 40 foot long and three feet wide, according to a witness. Uh, sometimes it's depicted as a snake with orange gems for eyes. Um, and also, co- according to Tail, Groot slangs convert gems, particularly diamond, co- covet gems, that, that was the word, covet, covet gems, particularly diamonds, and despite the creature's lust for cruelty, victims can often bargain their freedom by offering the Groot slang enough precious gems. That was really all the info I found on him. Well, it kind of makes me think like of it. Jafar for some reason. It does me too. And I think it's just because I'm thinking of the giant snake that he turns into at the end. Right. And he, like, all the jewels in the cave. and Yeah. And, I mean, he did, he was one of those, like, cobras with, like, the... Right, right. The outside things on his head, which I feel like kind of look like the snake ear, or the elephant ears. Which, yeah. Forgive ugh. us, guys. We're clearly uneducated with snakes. Yeah, but the oh, hood like thingy on a cobra. Yeah, it, but it, I don't like it at all. Not at all. Um, so my next story started out as I was researching the dog boy, is what it was. Okay. He's in here, but there's a whole lot more stuff. He's in, in there. Here. <laughs> somewhere. He's in there somewhere, but there's there's so <laughs> much to this guys. It was I literally looked up dog boy and then it took me to like the legend of the dog boy and then it was like so 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 much. So buckle up. So we're in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. Um some people who live in Clareburn County believe ghosts including a World War 1 soldier and a family haunt a Victorian era home in downtown Quitman. So, during the Civil War, it was a popular place for men to enlist in the Army. Um, Until 1870, Quitman was a major trading center and an important crossroad. Um, So, I guess this whole little town in general is just very kind of haunted. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened. It was pretty active, it seems like. People coming in, people coming out. Right, absolutely. 
Um, so Kinda like Astoria. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I was. Because it said that it was like one of the oldest towns in Arkansas, and I was like, I'm literally just talking about Astoria again. Right. Um, so a specific house at 65 Mulberry Street is subject to many different entities. Um, so Benjamin Jackson was um, lived there in the late 1800s. So he lived there with his wife, who died when she was about 28 years old. Their son, Joseph, was born in 1898 and served in World War I and died at the age of 21. Um, more recently, the house has become notorious for its connection to another family and has earned the name the Bettis House. So Floyd and... Like Jerome Bettis? Yes. Okay. Carry Good on. for you. How do you know him? Because he's my feelers. I don't know, but that's literally his fucking name. And I'm pretty sure he was not. <laughs> well, there's a guy named Jerome Bettis, and I'm pretty sure he's a football player. Oh, not wrong. Jerome. It's Gerald. Oh, I was like, wait, what? I. That's funny, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, do I, do I have premonitions? I mean, <laughs> to be completely honest with you, though, this dude definitely could have been because he's a large huge. person. Huge. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to double check on myself. Yeah, now I'm curious. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and he is a stealer. So, yes. Yeah, no, it's not Jerome. And his name is The Bus. The Bus? Mm -hmm. Oh. Interesting. Anyways, so, Floyd and Aline Bettis moved into the house in 1951. They had a son in 1954 named Gerald Floyd Bettis. Um, I did see some other articles where his name was Jarrell. Like, it was spelled with a J and looked more like Jarrell than Gerald. So, I don't know exactly. But anyways, um, he was a very difficult child from the start. Um, people knew people that knew him said, quote, his parents were good people, but Gerald was a brat, vicious, and cruel. Oh, good. Yeah. So, he developed unusual habits early on, including collecting cats and dogs. Um, which collecting them? What does that mean? Live ones or dead ones? They're live. Okay. Leading to his nickname, Dog Boy. Okay. So old neighbors, like the article that I read, this was from like an old neighbor that lived across the street. Um, she said that she could hear like the howls of the animals as they were being tortured. <gasps> yeah, no, he was not a good person. Not at all. Not at all. Um... At one point, he added on to his house, so he had even more room for more animals. Oh, no. Um, kids pestered him at school, but it was almost as if he liked the attention that he was getting. Because they also, Bad like... attention is better than no attention? Kinda. Because, like... Because then they even talked about... He was very kind of... He reminded me a little bit of Dahmer. Because they recalled one uh, thing where they were having, like, a little, like, town party... And he, like, went up and sat on, like, one of those, like, big old, like, Roman-style chairs and, like, grabbed a thing of grapes and just sat there and, like, watched everybody. And, like, the kids also always so picked on like him and class stuff. clown kind of kid. Yeah. So okay. he was very Dahmer to me. Um, so he, his behavior became way more sinister as he got older. Um, so he would lock his parents upstairs and, like, never let them downstairs. 
I'm sorry, what the hell? And would only feed them when he felt like it was time for them to eat? Fuck that, you little shit. Get out of my house. Literally. Get the fuck out now. Bye. See you later. Um, but here's the other thing. So by the time he was an adult, he was like way bigger than his parents. He was six foot four and over 300 pounds. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, oh, I, 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 that's big. That's a foot taller than me. That's, and I may have just been afraid of him. Uh, yeah. So he was like Michael Myers almost. Oh, for sure. So he reportedly beat up on his father like quite often. Um, one time even throwing him out of an upstairs window, leaving the 70 year old man to like, he held onto the oh ledge. My God. He held onto the ledge of the window until the police came to get him down. A 70. You know what? You can keep the house. We will go. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Floyd died in 1981 after a illness, um, at the home where a bunch of other people were like, yeah, no, he definitely was pushed down the stairs and died of a broken neck. Oh, no. Yeah. So, not a very good person. Um, so this old neighbor said, quote, I was afraid of Gerald. If you had ever seen his eyes, they seemed to glow at night. One time he came over here and got us, or, and got onto us because we had trimmed a Mongolia tree that overlapped into his backyard. And when... Um, they started cleaning that house up. One of his uncles came into my house to borrow my gun because he was afraid that Gerald would get riled up, end quote. Oh, no. So, like, he was just so a, everybody's just scared. Yeah, he was just a very violent person, and I think he took his size into advantage, and he was just not good. So, in early 1980s, his mom, Aline, broke her hip. Um... She had to go to the hospital, and a nurse then witnessed the treatment of his mother that, like, he inflicted on her. Um, she said, quote, he was slapping her around and telling her, I'm going to have you arrested if you tell anyone what I did, end quote. Shortly after this, Aline was placed into adult protective services and removed from the home permanently. Good. Thank the Lord you saved that poor woman. Um... So after that, he, like, started to grow weed in his sunroom and blah, 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 blah. And he was arrested on all the allegations made by his mother, which, again, good. Yeah. I mean, shit. He's a fucking horrible person. Um, so he then died of a drug overdose while he was in prison in May um, in 1988 at the age of 34. So now we're going to speed forward into 1995 after that's when his mom Aline died. Um, so after she died, her niece inherited the house and then sold it to a truck driver named Tony Weaver. And um, he moved into there with his wife. Soon after moving in, some creepy shit started to happen. Um, his wife would often turn. So he was a trucker, so he wasn't really home a lot. She worked a lot of night shifts, so when she would leave for work at night, she would turn off all the lights in the house and whatever. When she would come home, all the lights would be on. At first, she thought that maybe it was like a robber or an intruder, but yeah, no, she, she was wrong. Um, so one time, she saw pennies floating down the stairwell from the upstairs part of the house, 
that all stopped and fell to the floor in front of her all at once. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Um, Tony recalled a time that he was working on the house and saw a man looking through the foyer into the living room. He said, quote, he looked like a World War I soldier, complete with the helmet. He looked so real, and when he walked into the living room, I ran after him, but no one was there, end quote. That World War I soldier lived there, just going to... After about six months of occurrences like this, she was uh, way too scared and she was like, I don't want to freaking do this anymore. I want to leave. So at that point, they like started renting out the house because these people still own the house today. So I think they just started renting it out. Um, So at that point, Stephanie White, who lived there with her husband, Quentin, said... Quote, strange things would happen on a regular basis, like the commode would flush on its own, end quote. That's just the beginning, guys. (laughs) So one day, Quentin was working on the house while on the phone with his wife when he heard a crash upstairs and went up there to see what happened. He had previously stacked a large pile of two-by-fours on the floor, and when he reached the upstairs room, he saw that all the boards were standing up straight. (gasps) <gasps> oh no that's what i told travis when he was like oh no that's when you get the fuck out and i was like oh yeah oh, oh yeah and my next bullet a couple left a few months later uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like yeah no not even nope nope bye they so, waited longer than i would have fuck for fucking real um so weaver who still owns the house today continues to try to sell it but with no luck um, he said on Poor one- Poor thing, he's like, I don't want it anymore. No, literally, and it, it just gets worse. So, he said on one day while he was at the house, he set a new pair of sunglasses and a bottle of prescription medication on a table. He was so angry about his inability to sell the house that he began to just, like, scream to himself. And he said, quote, These darn spooks, I'm tired of taking care of this place. End quote. Oh. He then said he knows he pissed them off because he couldn't ever find his sunglasses or the medicine. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also said if you ever go into the house with someone that they, meaning the spirits, don't like, you'll feel chills and your hair will stand up on, stand up on end. Um, one lady who was there to look at the house to buy it um, said that she had brought her daughter um, and... She said that her daughter was sensitive. Okay. It didn't really go any deeper than that, so I'm not sure exactly what that meant. But she said as they were walking around looking at the house, she stopped at the top of the stairs, and she said that she just felt very sad. Okay. Which, I mean, you can definitely feel shit if it's strong enough. We, we have, No, yeah, no. We're, we can attest to that. Um, somebody else, this one creeps me out. Somebody else that was looking at the house said that they saw a recliner in the living room, quote, it flipped back on its own like someone was sitting there, and it stayed stuck like that the whole time we were looking at the place, end quote. Ew. Yeah, so it's like, they were like, who are you checking out my house? Please don't don't like it at all. No. And then yet another potential buyer said that he brought his dog with him, but the dog refused to go inside. Nope. Biggest sign right there. Yeah, nope. Biggest sign. Time to go. That's when you don't go inside either. Nope. Um. So, Ed Mut- Munnerlin, 
I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, he has been working on the house, like remodeling it. Um, said that he has seen a lot of eerie shit. So the thing is, is he likes to work at night because during the day there's too many like Zach Bagans oh. that are trying to get in and see the house and shit. So he's just like, I don't even want to fuck with it. I'll just go in when they're not there. He said, quote, I'm a rational person. I don't believe in the paranormal. But since I've been working on that place, I have felt very uncomfortable, like someone's watching me. He has seen a lot of different spirits. Um, one is, quote, when I pull up into the driveway of the house at night, I see a man looking down at me. He is dressed in a brown jacket and a bow tie, like from another time period, end quote. He comes up a lot, this one particular spirit. Yeah. Um, so an extension to the house where Munderland claims to have seen a, the, or yeah, so there's an extension of the house where he claims to have seen the ghost of Gerald looking at him several times. He said, quote, he was this huge, weird looking cat with long brown hair, creepy eyes and big gray arms and hands. He walked right in front of me and glared at me, end quote. So that's like a mix between Undertaker and Michael Myers. Yeah. Um... Munderland said, quote, right after I saw him, he walked through the hall and disappeared, end quote. Ugh, so there's Gerald. And best of all, Amanda, I know it's going to make you feel great. He said oftentimes he would also feel a, quote, cold wind blowing down his neck. No. <laughs> um, last quote from him is, quote, sometimes I hear something slam or someone walking across the floor, but I can't see anything. But they let me know that they're there, end quote. All right, and then last little thing here. Um, so in 2005, Karen Schillings, founder of the Central Arkansas Society for Paranormal Research, or the CASPR. Can we just call it CASPR? Is that what it's supposed to be? Probably. All right, so they're CASPR. That's great. Good for you, Karen. I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> so she went and investigated the home. Um, the first time they were, so they went there two different times. The first time they were there, um, they noticed, uh, random cold spots that were 10 to 15 degrees colder than the ambient temperature of the house. Um, a very sensitive electromagnetic field detector was used to pick up all kinds of different stuff. Um, they picked up an energy force that had no explanation and she also reported quote, tracking an entity through the kitchen um, where also a team member felt like somebody had touched him. Um, they went outside to like grab something, like grab a piece of equipment out of their car, like all three. So there was three of them and all three of them went outside at the same time and they saw a face peering down at them from a window and all three of them were like, oh no, like you see that too, right? But they knew that nobody was inside the house at the time. Ugh. Um, the second time they were there, they used a medium who said that she got in touch with Gerald Bettis, um, who Schilling said, quote, he cursed us and told us to get out, end quote. Um, and that second time they got plenty of video footage of orbs and unexplainable flashing lights. So that's the Bettis house in Arkansas slash the legend of the dog boy. There's just... I kind of want to go to this house, but I kind of don't. It's just all creepy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hate that, honestly. Yep, me too. There's a lot of it that I hate. They're not friendly ghosties, it seems like. No. Maybe just the guy that's like the welcome man, like, who's coming in my house. Right, he's just like the watchdog. Right, like, I'm fine with you. But don't touch me. Don't fucking blow on me. Yeah, no. And don't stand stuff up that isn't supposed to be standing up, because that's not okay. No. So, you know this story, but it's worthy. Okay. The LaLaurie Mansion. Oh, I almost did this, and then I couldn't bring myself to do it, and I don't want to hear it again. Well, here we go. (laughs) Okay. I need... I didn't bring enough drink up here for this shit. <laughs> we might have to elevator music so I can go get my other drink. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I'm scared. <laughs> okay. So, this mansion is located in the French Quarter in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's on... It's at uh, 1140 Royal Street. Oh, and you can talk about... Yeah, because I went there. Yeah! <laughs> Amanda's been here, guys. Her and my dad went, and I'm... Weren't we all there, though? Why didn't you, I go? They felt as though you guys were too young. Okay, and fair enough, because I, it was 2006, so I was only nine. Yeah. I would have been fucking terrified going into there at age nine, because I would well, be terrified go, going into there now. I didn't go in, because the, the ghost tour we did was, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it was... We just, like, walked the streets, and they stopped in front of places and talked about them. Oh, that's right. You didn't do necessarily a LaLaurie mansion. Right, because, I mean, some of these places, including this place, are, you know, owned by people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I would love to go here, but I know that I would just be utterly terrified. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, continue. Okay. So, Marie Delphine McCarty, or McCarthy was born March 19th, 1787, to a prominent family in Spanish Louisiana. Of course they were prominent. Of course they were. Her father had moved to America from Ireland during the French Revolution. Later in life, she went by Madame Blanc, Delphine McCarty LaLaurie, and Madame LaLaurie. And you said that was because she married? Yep. Okay. In June of 1800, she married a high-ranking Spanish officer named Don Ramon de Lopez y Angulo. For being French, this all sounds very Mexican. This is Spanish. That's what I mean. Spanish, Spain. Oh, which is... (laughs) I know geography. It's okay. (laughs) At least I said the right word that time and I didn't say geometry. Right? <laughs> We're moving somewhere. <laughs> Woohoo! So when she married him, they lived at 409 Royal Street. So, like, just up the way from the where the mansion would eventually be. Yes. Um, in 1804, Don Ramon was called to appear at the Spanish courts. On his way to Madrid, he died suddenly while he was in Havana. A few days later, Delphine gave birth to their daughter... And I'm probably going to say her name wrong, but I'm going to give it a shot. It's Marie Borgia, Bor- Borgia Delphine Lopez y Angula de la 
Candelaria. Oh, holy fuck. Okay, where is this? I need to see this. <laughs> so it's literally Marie like... Borgia, Bergia, Delfini, Lopez, y Angulio de la Candelaria. <laughs> Sounds Nick, good. Her nickname was Borquita. I don't know why. All right. Anyway, Olaf. Soon after, she and the baby moved back to New Orleans. In June of 1808, Delphine married again. His name was Jean Blanc. He was a prominent banker and lawyer. The couple had four children together. These names annoy the crap out of me because all three of the girls basically have the same name. Ew. Their names are Marie Louise Pauline, Louise Marie Laura, Marie Louise Jean, I think, and then Jean Pierre Pauline. Okay, so that's even worse than like when I was dating Daniel and his sister's name was Danielle. Yeah, no, their names are essentially the same. <laughs> that's really annoying. Um, Jean Blanc died in 1816. So why do all of her husbands keep dying? I don't know, and it's weird that everything's like eight years apart. But hmm. Anyway. In June of 1825, Delphine married her third husband, Dr. Leonard Lewis Nicholas LaLaurie, but he went by Dr. Lewis. Okay. He was much younger than Delphine. A few years later, in 1831, she brought she bought the property at 1140 Royal Street, and the following year, she had the two-story, 12,000-square-foot mansion built. It was it had slave quarters attached of course it did of I course mean, it did right time i guess can't really say much you're in the deep south i hate it i Guys, hate it but i'm gonna say a lot of things that i do not agree with i'm just gonna put that out there absolutely like we do not agree <laughs> with it but we acknowledge that i mean it did happen and i don't like that it happened but it happened but it happened so she and her husband and her two daughters lived in this mansion after it was built. Just two of them. I don't know where I don't know if the others were grown or Okay. But there was just two. Okay. Uh the marriage did get rocky by the end of that year when the house was built. They she ended up filing for a separation, but there's evidence that suggests that that didn't stay a thing. They got back together kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, I literally just finished my sentence and I lost it already. (laughs) Okay, here we go. April 10th, 1834, the LaLauries were throwing a party when a massive fire started in the mansion's kitchen and spread into the slave quarters. They had their slaves, as well as guests, bringing their stuff outside so it wouldn't get burned. Can you imagine that being at somebody's house party and they're like, oh, my house is on fire. Go in and get my fucking furniture. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm saving my own life. Okay, bye. Fuck you, bro. Get your own furniture. Seriously. Like, no, no. So some of the guests and the bystanders were concerned that there may have been slaves trapped in the building. And Delphine and Lewis were both like, no, there's nobody in there. It's fine. Everybody's out here. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, but we still want to go in and make sure. Yeah. Like, fuck you. So, they ended up having to bust down the door because the LaLauries refused to give them the keys. Wow! When they finally got in, they found several slaves. Seven immediately came running out. 
there was a 70-year-old woman that was chained in the kitchen. She said that she was the one that started the fire as a suicide attempt so she didn't have to live there anymore. Oh, honey. This is from a local newspaper of New Orleans called The Bee. The doors were pried open for the purpose of liberating them. Predisposed to take this to taking this liberty, if liberty can be detailed, several gentlemen, impelled by their feelings, demanded the keys, which were refused to them in a gross and insulting manner. Upon entering one of the apartments, the most appalling spectacle met their eyes. Several slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, were seen suspended from the neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from <gasps> one extremity to the other. <sighs> Language is powerless and, inada- in- and inadequate <laughs> to give a proper recollection of the horror, which a scene like this must have inspired. We shall not attempt it, but leave it rather to the reader's imagination to picture what it was. I don't want to. The slaves were the property of the demon in the shape of a woman who we mentioned at the beginning of this article. They had been confined by her for several months in the situation which... They had thus been rescued and had merely been kept in existence to prolong their sufferings and to make them taste all that the most refined cruelty can inflict. By, er, But why dwell upon the particulars? We feel confident that the communities share with us in our indignation and that vengeance will fall heavily full upon the guilty culprit. End quote. Oh, God. She's all bad. Judge John Francois... Hammond. <laughs> That's probably wrong. <laughs> anyway, he described some of the people he had found as, quote, I don't like this word, but I'm, I have to say it because it's a quote. A negress wearing an iron collar, and then there was an old Negro woman who had received a very deep wound on her head who was too weak to be able to walk, end quote. Oh, God. It's so bad. He also had said that when he asked Lewis why they were doing this to the slaves, he responded with, quote, some people had better stay home rather than come to others' houses and dictate laws and meddle with other people's business, end quote. That's what the fucking cops are supposed to do! He's like, shouldn't have come to my fucking house. Shouldn't be doing something illegal! (laughs) Oh my god! Uh... Ugh, okay. Yeah. Many people believe that the Lorries were doing medical experiments on these people. Men, women, and children were all included in the victims. There are some terrifying reports of the things that were done in the house. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm not going to talk about everything because there's just so much and it's horrifying, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it at all. I mean, what I'm going to tell you is horrifying enough, so... (laughs) There was a woman in a cage that had her limbs broken and set back in unnatural ways so that she looked like a crab. Oh, my God! There was a severely botched sex change operation that was basically ended in genital mutilation. Oh, my God! Some people had parts of their faces removed or rearranged so that they looked like gargoyles. What the actual fuck? A woman with her limbs removed there was a woman with her limbs removed and then had pieces of her skin removed so that she looked like a caterpillar. Oh my god! Uh, there were seven people suspended by their necks that had been severely beaten and mutilated. Oh. Uh-huh. 
It said that Madame LaLaurie was chasing a slave girl with a whip, and the child fell over a balcony trying to get away from her and fell to her death. Oh, honey! LaLaurie then hid the body in the wall, but the police found the body and forced her to sell off the rest of her slaves, but she had all of her friends and family by them, and they snuck them back into the house. Wow. Uh, Many of them were found wearing spiked collars. Oh, my God. One man had a hole in his head and had <gasps> maggots crawling out of oh his... Oh, my God. 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 There's rumor that she stirred their brains with sticks. <gasps> okay. 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 Hold on. Hold the fuck on. Ew. What? Can you just imagine that? Especially because I'm sure they were, you know, Alive awake. and awake. Yeah. I mean... I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know that there, it is possible to be awake during brain surgery, but I mean, you you you're un, you you have medicine that numbs shit. And you don't have somebody going in there with a stick and stirring it around. Like, I just literally, like, ugh, you're a witch in a fucking cauldron, but it's somebody's literal brain in their head. Oh. I have a headache now. There were slaves that were found with their mouths sewn shut. <gasps> oh, no. So, after all of these evil dark secrets about them came out, the Lalauris fled to France, which is where Delphine is said to have died. Good. So, they didn't get the justice they deserved, because they just ran and... I mean, yeah, they definitely should have been... But, I mean, this was the 1800s. They didn't have a ton of, like, resources and things. No, but Jesus, Jesus. So, as you can imagine, this place is hella haunted. Um, yeah. It was sold and turned into different businesses over the years a few times, but nothing ever lasted more than a couple of years. Um, Things reported, like these are like some of the haunting bits. Um, You can hear muffled moans, screams, chains dragging, and scratching on the floor. Oh, I don't like that. You can supposedly smell burning bodies. Oh, I don't like that. One man reported that he was going up the stairs and found a black man in chains. He was trying to get the guy to, like, say something to him because he thought he was, like, an intruder or whatever. And the guy wouldn't say anything, so he went to push him and went right through the guy. Oh, my God. Oh, no. What would you do? What would you do? I don't even know. What the fuck would you do? I don't even know. Oh, um, supposedly foul-smelling liquid can be found, like, it just shows up in the Ew. house and places. Isn't that, like, like oozing liquids and It's stuff? probably, like, ectoplasm or some nasty shit. Ugh. Um, animals get found in the house butchered. Oh, no. You can see Madame, uh, Madame LaLaurie, she one time was seen hovering over a baby. And supposedly she still tries to injure people of color that enter the house. Fuck you, bitch. Um, you can see the little girl running away from her and falling off oh, of the balcony. Oh, no. That would be so freaking horrifying. And then, yeah. Um, when we were down there, I remember being at that house. And, like, it's a super dark feeling outside. Like, we didn't, like I said, we didn't go in. We were just standing outside. But, like... It was super dark vibes, like... Oh, I'm sure. And I feel like... I don't remember for sure. This was a long-ass time ago. But if I remember correctly, I remember seeing a lady in a white dress on the balcony. (gasps) Okay, ghost cam. Nightmare fuel. All the things. 
Yeah. I'm not okay. I just like literally got like a cold sweat. And I don't like it at all. Uh, it's a horrible place. I mean, she was a fucking she... horrible woman. And her husband clearly didn't help because he probably was like, oh, I'm a doctor. You want to do this? Let me show you how. Yeah, like literally the only thing you were missing was a human centipede. Which they kind of did, but not in the way the movie did. I don't even want to know. Don't want to know. Nope. Don't. Don't. Do you not know about the movie? I have watched the movie The Human Centipede. Yeah, they didn't do that, thankfully. But I don't want to know what they did do. Yeah, they were horrible. They were fucking horrible people. No. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, I forgot. I found that extra detail. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This one's good. And I'm just going to read it directly. Okay, so in April 2007, actor Nicolas Cage bought the house for a sum of $3.45 million. What? Nicholas. (laughs) To protect his privacy, the mortgage documents were arranged in such a way that his name was never actually on them. Um, on November 13th, 2009, the property then valued at $3.5 million was listed for auction as a result of foreclosure. Oh, Nicholas. It was purchased by Regions Financial Corporation for $2.3 million. Jesus. How the fuck did Nicholas Cage buy the house? And then foreclose on it. What? <laughs> so you bought it and then we're just like, no. I don't really feel like paying for it. <laughs> Okay, well, at least we could end on a happier note this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm I'm going to have nightmares. It's fine. I'm just going to picture crab women and... Ugh, I know. Uh, Can you, I just feel so horrible. Like, that has to be the most excruciating thing. Like... Well, and then having to live that way with... Because that also just makes me think of, like, those Japanese women that, like, would break their feet to, like, have them, like, always, like, pointed. And I just, like... You have to live with your bones, not the where, where, where they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, you probably get hurt all the damn time. All the like, damn time. Oh. 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 Please don't be like Madame Lori, guys. Don't please do don't. it. Don't do it. But what you should do is go to our social media pages. Yes, you really <laughs> should. Go to Instagram. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. Go to Don't Leave the House. Click follow. Also, comment. Talk to us. Write us. Tell us any stories you want to hear. Post stuff. Do what you want. Do anything. Anything. Really. Just don't be mean. No. Please, please don't. We're too feelings. Yeah. We, we, we don't take criticism well. No. <laughs> um, go support us on Patreon. Email us at don'tleavethehousepodcast at gmail.com. Go check out our website, don'tleavethehousepodcast.com. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we love you. Happy September. Happy fall soon, guys. Just don't forget. Don't, don't leave, leave the, the house. house. Don't leave the house.